Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. It is Dumb Bleep of the Mother Trucking Week, back on its original scheduled programming, Fridays. I'm glad that you said Thurston instead of Thruston, which is what I've been hearing off and on my whole life. The other day, the doctor's office called me, and they and she said... Is this Nathan uh, Thruston? Liberty Thruston. And, you know, I I just... You're like, no, but I can. Be. I got so sick of correcting people. <laughs> I got so sick of correcting people, I just said, yeah, this is he. <laughs> That's yeah. me, Mr. Thruston. Okay, this is Good Morning Liberty. You said we're back on regular scheduled programming, except for the time. Time's a little too close to morning for for, for my liking, but uh, not not quite morning where we are. This is Dumb Bleep of the Week, where we go through some of the dumbest stuff that happened over the last week. The live group, the Fed Haters Club, who joined via joingmail.com, they get to vote on the dumbest thing. So if you... And you can submit. They submit. The dumbest things. And we already have number one, which is me. Already Chuck. Typically, number I'm number one um, yeah. every single week. So if you want to hate on me with the rest of the group, besides the few cheerleaders I have, um, then go join GML.com. Fed Haters Club. You should do it. It's worth it. The Chuck Haters Club. <laughs> the Chuck Haters Club. I mean, that one can be at a discount. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the I dumb agree. bleeps. I agree with Bailey real what? quick. We need an applause track when we mention the Fed Haters Club. Oh, okay. Clap for that, you <laughs> stupid bastard. We do need that one. I think I took that off so I could put, it used to be right here. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. <laughs> it used to be glad for that. In fact, I have a headache right now, yeah. so I can't think straight. <laughs> I was diagnosed with a, oh crap, I'm not supposed to say that. Anyway. <laughs> All right, yeah. Dumb Leap of the Week. Let's get into it. This here is Dumb Leap number one. Now, I've got dementia. We've got some, this is, I guess, complicated here, but it's not complicated to make fun of AOC. That's not hard to do mm-hmm. at all. There's this parental rights bill that's going through Congress right now. In fact, I think the Republicans passed it today. I believe the House passed this parental rights bill today. And there's a nice clip of AOC going around. Of course, calling this fascism, and we'll we'll talk about why. I do want to give her a little bit more credit than the twenty-five second clip from the Daily Wire, the ones going around earlier in the speech. She brings up a couple books that have been banned around schools. One of them is a Life of Rosa Parks book, and some other thing among others. And uh, I don't know exactly what's in the Rosa Parks book. Uh, I. I would lean towards not banning books in classrooms. Even if they say the N-word? I don't, well, I don't know if, why that book has been banned. No, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what the book says. Yeah. But see, this is where the, I think the left runs into a problem. It's like you can't say the word. So then, like, can you read the We're word? We're just assuming that the Rosa Parks book has the N-word in it? I, no, I'm just I'm just. I saying. think it's because they don't want students to know about black history. <laughs> Which is not true. Is what it is. No. Uh, there's no tell. I think it's important because Rosa Parks was actually defying the government when she made her stand. And so that's that's pretty cool. Anyway, let's listen to AOC do her thing, not the teacher's one, the Daily Wire one. Let's get on with that. They are asking the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of classrooms. Our children need urgent and aggressive educational solutions. The American Library Association coming out against this Republican proposal. When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, this time has expired. You know, I... I wish it was true that that's what her progressive values were. Freedom over fascism. But by freedom, she just means her brand of fascism. So that's the annoying part because it's not like she actually cares about freedom as as it pertains to almost anything. She still wants to be able to control it, but she is upset about this. Now, what does this bill do? Does it ban a bunch of books? 
Does it have a giant list of thousands of books that are going to be banned? I think it establishes the United States SS. That's what it does. To post at schools. So here are the, uh, let's just go to this little thing posted by a congressman. Uh, The Parental Bill of Rights. It establishes this Bill of Rights for parents. Number one, the right to know what's being taught in schools and to see reading material. Number two, the right to be heard as a parent. Number three, the right to see school budget and spending. Number four, the right to protect their child's privacy. And number five, the right to be updated on any violent activity at their school. Fascism. That is fascism. (laughs) When the government takes money from you forcefully and makes it illegal for you to not go to school, makes it harder for private schools to be open as an availability and harder for you to pay for them once they already steal money from you to pay for the public school. And then you go to that school it is fascism if, as a parent, then, in that situation... You want any information. You have the right to information about what your children are learning and seeing in school. Mm. Fascism. Yeah. that's. I looked up the definition, and actually it was already... She's spot on. Yeah. You know? It's actually said the Parental Bill of Rights. It's already in there. <laughs> Geniuses. Yeah. Okay, so that's number one. Pretty, pretty simple there. Now, we... Charlie and I talked about whether or not we should be engaging in the culture war as libertarians. I generally would err on the side of not banning these books, but this bill, I guess what you're worried about is that parents are going to see the books and see the material and be like, that book has one too many dildos in it. (laughs) And then they're going to want that book to be banned from their student's classroom, which is just like fascism. I do think that it's okay to set limitations on what kind of books are in, you know, it's like pornography, even if it's educational pornography, I guess. Maybe not a great thing for school. Maybe that's something that the parents should be able to do. Yeah. And it's not like, look, it's not like you're banning these books from society. Yeah. Right. It's like, I, I think you should be able to limit what your children have access to because, uh, newsflash, their minds aren't developed enough to make a decision about what they're, the information they're consuming. Well, unless they want to change their gender with like, surgery and stuff or I was actually or so hormone repl- replacement therapy. Interesting. I was just listening to uh, JBP's podcast and he had on uh, one of the girls that interviewed in what is a woman. She started out and in fact she she co-authored the assessment that uh, people started taking in 2008 uh, for gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia and things like that to actually well it's originally designed to set up adults Mm-hmm. It was their pre-screening for hormone therapy. And she said that everything basically changed for her when she started seeing younger and younger kids asking questions that they could only be asking because they were reading or consuming material that they shouldn't have been consuming at that age. Yeah. And so there is something to, to say for that. Um, and I think... Parents should have the right to say, yeah, my child's not old enough to consume that type of content. I, I agree. And I think that that's perfectly valid. And I think it's also just okay for the government schools to say that the parents have a right to know what the schools are teaching. And what they're spending. Yeah, I think that that's, that's okay. Uh, Charlie, number two, it's 2023 and we're still doing this. All right. This is from Senator Dick Durbin. Is he still a senator or former? I think he's still a senator from Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. Really? Uh, mm. He's getting really old, though, so I think uh, Senator Old Dick Durbin is what we're going okay. to call him. Old Dick Durbin. This morning, this is him tweeting here, this morning I tested pod- positive for COVID-19. <gasps> Thankfully, I am fully vaccinated and boosted and only experiencing minor symptoms. I will quarantine consistent with CDC guidelines and follow advice from my doctor while I continue to work remotely. Tragic. Mm. You know, tragic when someone like this goes down like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, feel, I feel sad. I can't believe we're still doing this. That's why it gets a dumb bleep. It's 2023. This is like announcing that you got the, the flu. flu. <laughs> it really is. Like, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. I'm sorry. He could get on a plane right now without even having to wear a mask. You still do that. Yeah. Now, if he tried to come, you know, back into the U.S., I guess that would be would be bad. That would be fine as long as he's vaccinated. You can come in if you have COVID, (laughs) but not if you haven't been vaccinated. 
and he's vaccinated and boosted fully. All right, so that's the boosters are there now. As many as you want. Hmm. The more you get, the more virtuous you are. Yeah, that's just the way it is. The number two is a pretty easy one there. Old Dick Durbin. Old Dicky. Number three, Doctor Greta Thunberg. Oh God. Uh, you don't, I mean, I guess we can call her Dr. Dr. Thunberg for fun, but I thought this was a joke at first because she was awarded an honorary doctorate in theology. Uh, and from, why is they, they're still using a picture from when she was like 15? I don't know. I guess that's the more <laughs> likable. Or maybe that's what she still looks like, man. I don't know. We just saw her get arrested not that long ago. She what, do you think she's going to have like a teardrop tattoo or something no, like that? She looks older than that. Okay. I got you. All right. Number three. Uh, Charlie, there's an article associated with this from the Post Millennial right here at the top. For Dr. For, for Dr. Thunberg, yeah. Dr. Thunberg. Is she also science? I think so. She's becoming. Yeah, it looks like. Mm-hmm. The Faculty of Theology at the University of Helsinki. Helsinki. Sorry, Helsinki. Has awarded Swedish environmental activist Greta Thunberg an honorary doctorate. The educational institution made the announcement on its website stating that Professor Marty Nissinen intended to expand the faculty's perspective on human rights. Professor Mar- Marty said, quote, by selecting Greta as an honorary doctor, we are expressing our desire to be as brave and impactful as she is, willing to be arrested. That was, for what she that was brave. In, yeah. The honorary degree was granted to a total of 30 individuals from various parts of the world this year. In a statement, he said that 2023 marks the, quote, centenary of the passing of the Freedom of Religion Act in Finland, and that taking this as inspiration, we have chosen freedom as the theme of the conferment ceremony at the Faculty of Theology. Not religion. Freedom. It's the... It, since the Freedom of Religion Act um, in Finland, so I guess that's been a hundred years now. Um, they're going to choose freedom as the choice. Now, the freedom part—I love—I love the freedom part because Greta's helping out with the freedom part by wanting to tell the entire world that they can't do something if they want to do it, and that we're all going to well, die. That their god should be climate change. And there's that's the. That's the other part. Are we are are we accepting now that this is a religion? We've said it for a while. It has to be. Is this not? That's why I thought this was a joke at first, mm. because I was like, "Oh, this honorary doctor in theology." Ah, I get it. They're saying climate change is a religion. I'm like, no, they're actually they're kind of saying climate change is a religion. They, they are. <laughs> you know, that's where we they're are now. Adding credence to the demography. <laughs> Of it. Twitter users suggested that uh, Dr. They didn't put Dr. here, so i got to fix this. <laughs> Twitter users suggesting that Dr. Thunberg being given an honorary doctorate in theology showed that climate change is a religion. I. She, it is. She now is, uh, she's doctor science. If Fauci is science, she is Fauci's right-hand lady. Person. Person. I can't say, well, I mean, let's just get rid of those. Let's just say person. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of ridiculous. Now, I don't know who the other 30 people were that they chose for this. It could have been a bunch of other worthless people who, you know, dropped out of school to sail their boats around the world and stuff like that. But um, I mean, they did I'm this not real to sure. get the article written. Exactly. Yeah. Like people picking men as woman of the year, you know? So everybody talks like, about they it. They all know it. You see the articles going around. Clearly, this is for publicity and clicks. It's like Sam, whatever his name is, dressing up as the devil, playing foosball at, for the Grammys. Or oh, that guy, Sam Smith, yeah. Sam Smith. All right, let's get on to some 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 protests, some worker struggle for Dumbleep number four. That was number three, Dr. Thunberg. Uh, number four. I'm getting confused because we don't have like 10 slides per I know. Dumbleep. We're getting there. Oh. Yeah, we're getting there right now. Now, we had this strike going on out there in California, out there in L.A., these school workers. Now, it was mainly your janitors, your teacher's aides, support staff for the school. The teachers went on strike in solidarity with those people, also because they probably can't do their job if those people aren't (laughs) at the school. Is the other reason. Yeah, they don't want to teach math and cook. 
It's not exactly <laughs> the strike that's now that it's dumb. First off, you really think that these school districts out there don't have a whole mess of cash and just in immensely bigger budgets than what they even had a few years ago? Are we really saying that there's not enough money out there? Because that's what they're calling for. We their their budgets just aren't big enough for these people. And the number they've been throwing around, this is all background for the little video we'll play. The number they've been throwing around is that their workers' average salary is $25,000 a year. In California, the heck are you talking about? Now, of course, most of those people are part-time workers. So when they say that as their salary is $25,000 a year, what they mean is they probably get paid whatever California has deemed their wage is, and they don't work 40 hours a week. They might not actually be on a real salary. I'm not real sure, but they're part-time workers. And first off, you can't guarantee me that part-time workers should, now you're saying they should be getting paid as much as all the other people who are working full-time. That's not good. That's not a good idea. I don't like that. First off, what are you reading about in there? I'm just trying to see what they're bitching about. Now, what I'm sick of seeing <laughs> is when this happens. Of course, you got to have your protest dance, mm. your fight, your your fight dance that's going on right now. And I've seen plenty of videos from the United Teachers of Los Angeles. There's nothing more beautiful and powerful and organized workers fighting for justice. And also, here's this is also crazy to me because like this is a fully run government institution. I know. I know. Fully run. And it's all they, government. All government. There's nothing private about it. And it's like this is the system by the way that doesn't pay you enough. I know. This is the system that you know can't pay a living wage. A lot of people that uh they talk about not getting paid enough and we should, have, a lot of them are government employees and no one, no one ever gets that fact that <sighs> this is the world you're asking for. Yeah. All right. So and here's, we want, we want healthcare to be completely government run. Listen, in 2023, look how, uh, look how that's going over uh, across the pond over there. You got doctors mad. They're not getting paid enough. Nurses, all that. They're, they all work for the government. All right. But they just need more money. Mm. That's what so it's going. Is, yeah. Now in 2023, this is what fighting for justice looks like. God. You got to admire see justice. Yeah. Uh, that's you got to admire the courage. I feel justice. Like, I don't have the courage to fight yeah. myself. But these are brave, brave individuals out there, mm. you know? I can see the money rolling in. I, I do. As I, they wage a courageous I'm so sick of the dance battle. I'm so sick of the protest dances, you know? And all these people are like, oh, we're overworked. You see the nurse videos. Gosh, you know, we're overworked. We don't have any time. We're all wanting to kill ourselves. Oh, we barely had time to choreograph this dance that we're going to post on TikTok. Get us, get us a follow, y'all. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I'm over it. Is it better than screaming at the sky, though? I guess. It depends I can't on. Tell. Now, they were doing like a, a line dance. So I guess if they can throw some Alan Jackson in during the fight, then that's fine. You know, can't get mad about Alan Jackson. Yeah. That's fine. One more video here from Warden Warren. Remember? So that was Dumbly number four. Yes. Dance fighting. Dance fighting was yeah. number four. Don't Dance worry, we're going to heat up here in a bit. These are some of the uh, easy ones. It's about to really get bogged down starting with number six. And so number five, gosh, Elizabeth Warren, one of my least favorite senators out there. She might be my least favorite because she sounds like, she sounds like a, uh, she should be on QVC trying to sell some kind of a crappy product to old people to me. And she just wants to ask for like five easy payments of twenty nine ninety five, or something like that. At the She'll end of it, she'll throw in the second it's one. It's the way free. she talks. She you sounds like in ten minutes. I, she's got a job secured on QVC. I guarantee it. I, I guess what I'm saying is that and even that's why we need to change than, the law. 
even those are much smaller, though, than the bigger banks that are more than $250 billion. And we've had a number of those CEOs on the shows in the last few days, Fifth Third, Schwab. They do their own stress testing. Not, not everyone was behaving in a risk profile, in a risk manner that Silicon Valley Bank was. That's I'm, I, I'm sorry. I taught school for many, many years, and I did not let my students do their own testing. That statement right there really pisses me off because the whole, I didn't let my students do their own testing. It's just like the banks are the kids and us government regulators, we're your teachers. You listen to us experts who basically won a popularity contest to have control over the economy. Also, students do do their own testing. <laughs> they do take their own tests, but I mean, I guess the, the teachers got to grade them. Grade them? Yeah, but, I guess. Uh, but... Also, like, like, like if, they don't decide what the test should be. Yeah, but the know? students who succeed are the ones who could grade their own tests <laughs> in the proper way. And they, it's just not even a good analogy in the first place. It's because the <laughs> obviously the incentive structure is completely different. A student is in class and the teacher is there to teach them, and that's not what the banking sector is. Yeah, but you I'm know, talking, at all. Even if you want to make, like, let's try to make your analogy better. Your uh, your high performing students are the ones who will grade themselves against what the right answers are, and then make sure that they uh, study those so that they get the right answers next time. Or how about because your students? Actually, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say because they actually care. Same thing in the banking industry, which means uh, you're graded by how many customers you have, mm. and it would not be wise to try to lose a bunch of them all at the same time. How about your students uh, know that their lives are going to be severely affected if they uh, don't do the right test and they don't learn anything and then they're just going to have awful lives and there is no safety net to to protect you from not gaining the skills that you need to be productive in society and so they all know that they have to be good at taking tests or they have to be good at learning things because the banking sector they they just know they're going to get bailed out that's all they know it's a totally different situation, except for now we're telling our kids that they don't got to do shit either. That it, it's wrong to give them zeros, and you got to give them numerous opportunities to take their tests and to do their homework, and you can't fail them and all that. So actually, it is kind of like banks. Tell you the truth, we're just doing that for everyone. Yeah. All right, let's get into the complicated dumb bleeps now. These were those were easy ones. Now we're gonna get into. Mm. I kind of wanted to hear more of her dumb. But. <laughs> this is. Uh, I named this one the slippery gay tolerance slope. <laughs> no. The SGTS. Yeah, now that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have tolerance. Okay? It doesn't mean you shouldn't love everyone. Just not on a slope. Just don't worry about what other people are doing in their private lives. And if we would have stopped there, it would have been great. You know? And I just, I don't know how we ever stop ourselves from going too far, but we're going to go with this response to, Charlie, have you, you watched the uh, NHL, you watch mm -hmm. hockey. I like hockey. You've seen this thing, this pride night mm -hmm. going around. They with, wear like rainbow uniforms and stuff. For warm-ups. Yeah. It's not even like a full commitment. For warm-ups. They're just warm-ups. They're not going to wear them on TV or anything. Where one, one fifth of the arena is filled. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody's there yet. And then they auction off the uh, the jerseys later on for, for charity or something. Like that. Yes. Um, okay, that's fine. But some of the people, some people haven't been wanting to do this. Okay. Turns out some of them got religious objections or whatever it is. They're afraid of their Russian warlords from getting mad at them or whatever the reasoning would be. Charlie, how about this response to a couple people on the Florida... Panthers? That's a is that a team? Yeah, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, that's a hockey team They're based in Miami. Never heard of her mm -hmm. in my entire life, yeah. huh? Florida Panthers. How about that? All right, this is from Rainbow Collective of Thunder Bay. Our statement to Eric and Mark Stahl's refusal to show acceptance and inclusion tonight during the Florida Panthers Pride Night. Quote: We wish that Eric and Mark could understand that pride inclusion nights and jerseys are about inclusion in sport and having a welcoming arena to enjoy the game of hockey. Wearing a pride jersey or rainbow is not about endorsing certain values or that you're gay, capital gay. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> is that a thing? You capital? I guess it's a. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess you guarantee you wouldn't put a capital S on straight. Mm. What it's saying is that you're welcome here, and that your sport is welcoming of diverse backgrounds. Now more than ever, it's vitally important that allies stand up and speak out about unconscious and conscious biases. The community has invested in their hometown hockey heroes, and more important, and it, and it more important than ever. <laughs> That's what it says. That Eric and Mark Stahl are role models to not only their own children, but to those youth who look up to them to be gay. The two. <laughs> it, hang on, guys. It expanded. So I haven't seen this one. The two S LGBTQIA plus. Can I, s- I, I went too fast. Can someone tell me about the two? I'm not the. Tell me what the two is. Two spirits? Super straight. <laughs> the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities mm-hmm. deserve better. And we urge Eric and Mark to understand why these nights are vitally important to ensuring a truly welcoming and inclusive hockey community. Now, what if, as a gay person, you just went to a hockey game? You went into the hockey arena, and you're gay, and you watch the game, and you have a good time, and your team wins or loses. You have a gay time. You cheer when you want to cheer, and you don't when you want to don't. And then you leave... Gaily go home to your partner or whoever, and then everyone's fine and happy. No. Does it actually take the players wearing rainbow colors on their warm-up jerseys for the arena to be inclusive for people? The last I checked, they don't have, like, no gays allowed signs (laughs) on the doors. (laughs) It's not like a pride shame festival all the other times, <laughs> right. you know? It's just a hockey game. Hockey hates the gays except for one <laughs> night when they have pride night. Like, to, uh. to show inclusiveness, you have to make this, you got to change your jersey, and you got to put the rainbow on there and everything. means pride. <laughs> it's the same thing. But you have to show pride? You have to be proud. What if you just... Play hockey and everyone else like watches you and that's cool. Uh-uh. Okay. No, you have to be proud. This is like part one of six of number six. You have to be proud just of so you know. I called this the slippery gay tolerance slope. <laughs> Not that there shouldn't be gay tolerance. I'm just saying. We're gonna we're gonna slide down the rainbow right now. T dub said the two means two chicks at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Okay. Oh, now, this one comes from, it was from last weekend. We missed it for the last dumb bleep. It was from last weekend, and this is Elon Musk basically saying that we shouldn't allow children to have severe irreversible surgery or sterilizing drugs that they may regret uh, until they are the age of 18. Because every child goes through an identity crisis before their personality <clears throat> slash identity crystallizes. Some people, that goes into adulthood. No, this they person. Don't know who they are when they're I know. when they're old. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know. Who uh, am I? Your view. Okay, this is a comment. Your view on this matter is backwards. Forced puberty is wrong, and self determination is vital as a sentient being. Hmm. Treatment should be between the parent, the doctor, and the patient. Forced puberty. Now, we already have the forced birth that Republicans are forcing on a lot of people. These forced pregnancies and forced births that are happening. Now, this completely, obviously natural bodily function that basically everyone goes through unless there's something wrong. This natural part of being a human being, if you can't have a doctor stop you from going through that, then that is actually forcing you 
into puberty. And human nature itself is fascism. Mm. You know? Yeah. The human, just human biology, I guess. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. I don't think I'm all the way there yet, but I'm getting close. But we're always growing and changing. One thing I've learned a lot about is self-awareness and then learning how to understand situations from different points of view. So putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding why or how they feel the way they do about something. Now, sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do in specific situations until we talk through it with people and figure out why it is that that's triggering whatever that feeling is. And that that's important, especially for the things that we talk about every day. Well, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey to self-discovery from wherever you are. Now, I've used therapy in the past. Charlie is still using BetterHelp on a weekly basis, I believe. And I can tell you, it really did help. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. We should have... They should. <laughs> what are you, what? They should have voluntary puberty nights at hockey. They should. Yeah. Yeah. Puberty pride. I should wear puberty jerseys. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> now here is an article. We're gonna slide down, sliding down the rainbow with you right now. Um, I am the parent of a transgender child. What about my parental rights? So we know where this argument is going. Um, Florida statute 1014, this is talking about Florida laws, this is a Florida person, quote, the legislature finds that it is a fundamental right of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their minor children. This person says if HB 1421 and SB 254 pass into law, the state needs to update that language to say the legislature finds it is a fundamental right of some parents to direct the, some parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their minor children. Sound familiar? I'm reading from the article now. Do you remember reading George Orwell's satirical novella, Animal Farm? I do. I vividly recollect that the pigs transform the original tenant, all animals are equal, into but some animals are more equal than others. What I never imagined, however, is that my family might be the subject of a similar dystopian nightmare. I put in here, ironically, our school banned Animal Farm. So I'm not saying uh, that they were right in doing so, but uh, when I took my mom's language arts and English class in the seventh and eighth grade, I don't remember what grade it was, we read Animal Farm. And she told me a few years later that they made her stop letting people read it. Too many so, bad words. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a sex scene in it between the animals so that's on, on the discovery channel and they were afraid it might scare people away from communism. <laughs> I am the parent of a transgender child. I should have the fundamental right to determine what is in the best interest of my child's health and education. These legislations that would ban gender affirming medical care for minors and put conditions on medical care for adults and bills that would expand legislation related to educational institutions and instruction requirements will all have the same impact they undermine my parental authority. <clears throat> to abuse my kids. Yes, that's the... I see fit. That's where the defining line is here. Do you have a parental right to uh, subject your child to what many people would consider child abuse because you are the parent and you have the right as a parent to make decisions for your child? I, I do believe that the state has an interest in protecting children from harm. Now, of course, now we got to figure out what that harm is. I draw the line at physical harm. So I can securely draw that line at surgery and drugs to prevent a natural progression of the human body uh, when you are under the age of 18. I can draw that line there and feel pretty confident about that. 
Now, if you think to me, there should be a, to me, we should be able to have just a, a rational conversation about this. Like me saying that, Charlie, put on your lefty hat, crazy lefty hat, far lefty hat. Me saying that. You're a domestic terrorist. That makes me a MAGA hat wearing fascist domestic terrorist. Or I could just think that we uh, shouldn't be subjecting children to drugs and surgeries because of how they feel. Yeah. You know, that's maybe one of them. So, uh, one more. I'll just read one more here. My family and no and it's family. Because, and it's because, well, I was just going to say, it's because yeah. children are extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they're very malleable. They're very susceptible. That's to, why we're very against the, what's the minor attracted persons and like, because yeah. yeah, love's not love at that age. <laughs> you, you sickos. My family and no family I know has ever made a medical decision regarding their transgender child without consulting a team of physicians. Having gender dysphoria is not being confused. It is a condition where a person's feelings about their body are out of alignment with the physical traits of their body. Now, I put as a note in here that gender dysphoria is a, is a mental health condition. All right? Meaning that there, there's not a medical test where you take a test and they, they check your blood and they're like, oh, yep, mm, turns out you got the uh, gender dysphoritis. <laughs> you know, that's not what happens. Okay, you go to you a... Got, you got a notch on your red blood cells there. <laughs> you, it's causing a, la- a little lack of oxygen back to the brain, giving you that dysphor- dysphoritis. You go, to, uh, you go to a mental health professional, or maybe a child psychiatrist or something like that, and they go through uh, whether or not they can diagnose you with having gender dysphoria. Now, the diagnosis, the criteria on that is... Part of it is whether or not they're worried about your mental health if you don't get this diagnosis. Okay? Uh, Well, actually, let me just tell you here from the Mayo. Gender gender dysphoria diagnosis, uh, behavioral health evaluation. Your provider will evaluate you to confirm the presence of gender dysphoria. Like they look under a microscope or, yeah, I see a little gender dysphoria waving around in your bloodstream right there. And document how... Prejudice and discrimination due to your gender identity impact your mental health. Your provider will also ask about the degree of support you have from family, chosen family, and peers. Part of the behavioral health evaluation for the diagnosis of gender dysphoria is whether or not you're going to be experiencing prejudice and discrimination due to whatever your gender identity is. And that can be used to recommend whether or not you need to talk to an actual medical doctor or professional about doing something about it. I don't like that. I think there's a real big slippery slope there to be handing out diagnoses here in the medical profession because you're scared of what would happen if you don't hand out the diagnosis. Yeah. That's not even really that bad to me. Like, honestly, a lot of kids go through gender dysphoria. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that's a big deal. Um, a lot of kids, like my son, for instance, went through, I don't know, truck dysphoria or something. <laughs> he he felt like he was a monster truck. Yeah. You know, and I said, son, I get it. You know, I want to go fast too. And I want to jump big things mm-hmm. and crush cars. I get it. But you're not a monster truck, son. You're just not. And... I'm not going to give you the drugs to be one. (laughs) Like every child goes through some sort of feelings, let's say, whether it relates to gender or anything else where they, they, they're, they haven't reached an age yet where they can actually understand uh, what they're going through. That's all part of the learning process, right? That's why we have such a long, uh, what do you call it? Domesticated, uh, such a long parental uh, state is because it takes a long time to learn all these things to program your mind essentially, which is like a computer. You know, you have to, you actually have to build the ner- the, the, uh, the neuron structures in your mind to understand how to handle these different things. And once you go through puberty, a lot of things start making a lot more sense to you. And so sure, <clears throat> lots of kids can have gender dysphoria. I think the problem is, 
is the gender affirming care adoption that they've now come up with, with the American, you know. Uh, well, let's go through this article right here, Charlie. Oh, here let's we go. Let's slide further down the rainbow. Look at that. See if there's a pot of gold down there or just a, a fake wiener. This from uh from Fox News. Pentagon doctors claim seven-year-olds can make decisions to be injected with hormones and puberty suppressants. Seven-year-olds. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm. It's almost Parker's time. Health providers at U.S. military bases, some of whom were involved in treating military-connected minors, blasted the idea of waiting before injecting kids diagnosed with gender dysphoria with puberty blockers and hormones. The DOD providers said in the March edition of the American Journal of Public Health that the only pathway for children of military members who present with gender dysphoria symptoms is to immediately move towards, quote, gender-affirming health care, such as puberty suppression and affirming hormones, because they don't want to force puberty on these kids. <laughs> it's all about freedom. Yeah. The doctors said that on the basis of, quote, human rights, youths have an inherent ability and right to consent to gender-affirming therapy. They went so far as to claim seven-year-olds can make their own medical decisions. <laughs> what do we even need parents for? The authors, these fucking disgusting individuals, <laughs> David Klein, Thomas Baxter, Noel Larson, as well as clinical psychologist Natasha A. Shkevy, demanded the military train all of its providers on their ideas on gender medical interventions for minors, despite acknowledging that 53% of military-affiliated physicians in the Department of Defense health system indicated they would refuse to prescribe hormones regardless of any training. Also, how many military members do you think would let their kids <laughs> do the, something like that? The matter, man, these days you just take the kid away. All right, let's uh seven year olds. Let's get down to the pot of gold. This, like, look, this is this is what we talked about a long time ago. They're not they're not okay with just acceptance. They don't just want to be accepted. No. They want to groom more of them. This is a conversion, is what it is. <laughs> seven-year-olds. Yeah, I'm sure you, you would say seven-year-olds can consent to having sex, too. You fucking <laughs> disgusting pieces of shit. This is a post from Gays Against Groomers. Jazz Jennings' mother speaks about forcing Jazz to dilate and further mutilate their neo-vagina to keep the, wo the wound from closing. And so let's just... Um, wow, she's looking rich. Well, she's looking get, at you now. She's she looking at me. <laughs> Very upset. But with her, I'm worried about like her mental well-being and her dilation. The minute she leaves my house, we have a dilation problem. That, that is a concern. We know you don't have that watchful eye. They tend to go back to old patterns. I have woken Jazz out of a dead sleep and taken the dilator and put the lubrication on it and said... Here, you take this and you put it in your vagina. If not, I will. But jazz is bad. Even when I'm home, once a day. I would be so mad if she goes away to college and that thing seals up. I will <laughs> bring her. What the hell are they talking about? Someone's new surgically created vagina. It's, it's, it's looking out there. And so <laughs> okay. This is the problem. Like, why can't we just be, uh, you know, tolerant in that? And you know what? I was talking with a friend last weekend. I think that this has, I think that this is the hardcore culture war pushing, religious culture war pushing say conservatives or whatever, but like 70 years ago, like 80 years ago. And I think that there, <laughs> there became so much pushback against that culture war push. And you know, once it starts going, it's tough to ever stop it. It's going to go to its, whatever its logical conclusion is or illogical conclusion, I guess, in this matter. Also, she said in there, if you don't do it, I will sexually assault you. <laughs> yeah. Like, essentially gonna shove that thing up there yeah that's weird i'm just saying it's weird okay let's go on to number seven everything is racist i didn't read the tweet yeah it said neo vagina 
So it was a, it's a boy. This is uh, a parent, I guess. And so you have to, to keep the wound from closing, because that's what it is, a mm-hmm. wound. You have to keep a dilator in there. My God. Yep. All right, we got to speed it up now because I originally needed to leave in real, three minutes. But real quick, Magoo said, don't worry, that usually doesn't seal up in college. <laughs> it's going to get dilated. <laughs> Number seven, everything is racist. This is like a weekly installment of everything is racist. So what's racist this week, Charlie? Coffee. Everyone's heard this on the list as coffee. So here's an article. Is coffee racist? How drinking coffee perpetuates white supremacy. So there's Jesus. one thing. Uh, created by black people for black people and now a pillar of white supremacist capitalism. If you consume coffee, you are helping an industry built on racism. If you're a person of color, you know what I'm talking about. You walk into a new coffee shop and your senses are overwhelmed with whiteness and you get the glare from the Karens. The white hipster barista lines herself up between you and the bathrooms ready to tell you non-customers aren't Welcome. It's like saying we don't take blacks in here. So we don't have to read. So there's one thing. We got a few things that are racist here, Charlie. Coffee. Okay. Wow. Did you have your racism this morning? I thought it was obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, coffee beans are typically black and, you know, we boil them. Yeah. Well, I'm extra racist. I put a lot of cream in my coffee because mm. I, I don't like black coffee. Mm. You know? You would. Pantry porn. As they call it, your neat and tidy pantry, Charlie. You see those TikTok videos, those Instagram videos of, mm-hmm. oh, here's my pantry, and I just keep all these things in a nice little container. That's racist. All right. I don't know if everyone knew this. Uh, Charlie, tell everyone why it's racism. The new millennially, sorry, minimalism. What? Sorry, the new, I was trying to say. Millennial? Millennial. Millennial mi- minimalism. The new minimalism approach is just a thinly veiled excuse to entice people to buy more items, containers, labels, and storage space that give off the decluttered appearance of simple living. Quote, storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color-coordinating dozens of sprinkles. Dozens of sprinkles containers may seem trivial, but if you look underneath the surface, (laughs) the motivations of these crazy racists. Mm Mm-hmm. But tidiness is tangled up with status, and messiness is loaded with assumptions about personal responsibility and respectability. Cleanliness has historically been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinctions based on a vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards and nice houses make for nice neighborhoods (laughs) with nice cars and nice kids. They see a nice doctor and have a nice therapist. <laughs> go to the nice grocery stores. Nice. I bet our new neighbor is like, what the? <laughs> what lies beneath the surface of this anti-messiness, pro-niceness stance is a history of classist, racist, and sexist social structures. That was good. I like the freak out. <laughs> This can't be real. Every day we do this show, I'm just like, this can't be real yep. life. Hey, Lo- Lo- Loyola, Loyola professor can't talk today. Our marbles are, f- are full of mouth. Okay, so uh, we got pantries, nice pantries, clean pantries, organized. Nice, and, nice people. And coffee. Nice yards. That's right, having a nice yard and a nice if house. If you take care of something, <clears throat> if you have a li- just a little bit of pride to Take care of something. Uh, yeah. You know what? We well, should. That's why Jordan Peterson is a racist. He tells you to clean your room. Mm-hmm. You should. know what we need is nice pride. Uh, that's what we need. Uh, the next thing. <laughs> Good for nothing tricksters. The next thing is about uh, how white people don't season their food uh, because that's based on racism and classism. The reason white people don't season food is because historically rich white people began to think seasoning was for brown people who had to season their unseasoned food with with cleanliness and moral purity, calling it clean and simple eating. In medieval, in medieval Europe, the rich felt that once spices became affordable for everyone instead of just the wealthy, they no longer wanted them. So basically, white people don't season their food because their ancestors thought seasoning was for poor people and brown people. 
That's a nice history lesson for you. Oh, God. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> this is not good people, for the brain, huh? We'll just come up with anything. This person's upset, says that people wouldn't be upset with him if her profile picture was this guy, this this uh, soulless dude uh, right there, if that was the picture. And, hey, community notes, put a thing on here, because apparently the tweet uh, got so viral uh, they said a preference for fresh whole ingredients over dried spices came out of the French culinary practices of the 16th century, a time and location where race was not a factor, but class was. So seasoning or lack thereof is an economic problem. Mm. Could also, yeah, class problem, because instead of having a bunch of fresh vegetables to put, the seasonings are just combinations of other foods that are dried up and put into a seasoning bottle, you know? So if you had the money to have all the fresh foods, I guess you're a higher class person. Or salt just comes out of the yeah. ground, out of, out of the earth. All right, we got to pick it up here. Number eight, Charlie. Afro man getting sued by the Ohio sheriff's deputies who raided his home. So they raided his home. Um, let me tell you why they are now suing him afterwards. That's great. Ohio-based rap artist, his real name, by the way, is Joseph Edgar Foreman, Afro man, Joe Foreman, is being sued by seven officers with the Adams County Sheriff's Office for using footage of their 2022 search on his home to make and promote new music. <laughs> now, he used, just so you know, it's not, I, from, it's my understanding, it's not the body cam f- footage, it's he had security cameras in his home and he's using his own security camera footage in his videos for the raid. That is, that's my understanding of the matter. From, from what I can tell, okay? The officers accused Foreman's use of their images and likeness as a malicious act that tarnished their reputation and humiliated them, according to the complaint. Maybe you shouldn't do things that are humiliating. <laughs> the lawsuit stems from a search of his home in August 2022, which was conducted with a lawfully issued search warrant. Following the raid, seven members of law enforcement involved say that Foreman used the video recordings to make music and music videos About the search, they're suing him for unauthorized use of an individual's persona, invasion of privacy by misappropriation, and invasion of privacy by false light publicly, among other things. Defendants' actions, they say, were willful, wanton, malicious, and done with conscious or reckless disregard for the rights of the plaintiffs. The officers claim that the post led to them being subjected to ridicule, and it's made it more difficult and even more dangerous for them to do their jobs. The plaintiffs, the officers, have suffered damages, including all profits derived from and attributable to defendants' unauthorized use of plaintiffs' personas and have suffered humiliation. It's funny, their damages they've suffered are roughly equal to all of the profits that came in from the video. That's convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, can't make this stuff up. And have suffered humiliation, ridicule, mental distress, embarrassment, and loss of reputation. I was going to fight this law, <laughs> this lawsuit, but then I got eye. Listen, there may in fact be laws I was about. I give a shit about the police, but then I got eye. That's all I got. All right. Um, problem is. I don't know what the laws are as far as using a video of another person in your video that's going to make money. I don't know what the rules are. There could very well be rules against this. But in my opinion, police officers, when the police department, when the government comes and raids your home, and from what I can tell, they didn't, doesn't seem like they found much. One of the things they were looking for was a, a suspicion of kidnapping. I don't, I don't know that they found much. Um, did he kidnap weed plants from Colorado? When the government gives... Now, they say, well, there's a lawful warrant. Okay, so when the government gives itself permission to break into your house and break your stuff, he also alleges that they stole money from him. Um, you know what? Even if there is a law saying that you can't use someone, someone's likeness, I think that they should call it even. Well, first of all, you you're know? a public servant. Yeah. So that's that's got to be different. You're in my home, and I have camera footage why can't you use it i don't know i wonder how this is going to go i i'm interested this is going to be very interesting to follow up on all right number nine this is from uh, it's a good joke from lauren bobert this was a joke lauren bobert okay 
She says, she tweets, Biden's ATF rule banning pistol braces is extremely dangerous. It's causing millions of boating accidents nationwide. Okay, so let's see some reactions. Mm. Here's one, Charlie. Gene Trevino said, Dear Lauren Boebert and Representative Boebert, pistol braces, also known as stabilizing braces, can turn a pistol into a short-barreled rifle. Shouldn't Second Amendment enthusiasts know this? Please now, explain how pistol braces seen below causes millions of boating accidents. <laughs> Let's get the, look at this short barrel rifle. Now, those are rifles, okay? Do you think that taking that right there makes it more dangerous? Charlie, tell me. Taking, taking that rifle and putting this shorter brace on it where you don't have to put it up against your shoulder, do you think that that makes it more dangerous? Uh, obviously. Now, this gun obviously is used in all mass shootings, correct? All of them? I don't think anyone's ever used a pistol brace in a mass shooting. It has to be all of them, because from what I hear, if you allow people to have pistol braces on their rifles... Now, that, the, the I've other, never seen anyone shoot a gun with a pistol brace that way ever anyway. They're typically used just to help stabilize, and you still have two hands. No, you, no, you do this. <laughs> Haven't you seen it? I've never seen anybody... No, you do this. I've never seen anybody do that. I've done it once with a gun, okay? Oh. Now, I don't think it makes them any more dangerous. I know that they're saying it makes them easier, <laughs> what, to conceal the rifle? Is that the problem with a short-barreled rifle? Yeah. Is that really the problem that we have in these shootings, is that someone was able to conceal it? Okay, let's go to Ed Krasenstein's response because no one got Lauren Boebert's joke. And hey, she's not that great, but it was a good joke. <laughs> I like that the <laughs> they had to add context. They actually, community notes had that context to this. Ed Krasenstein said, Lauren Boebert just attacked the ATF rule banning pistol braces. She said the ban is extremely dangerous because it's causing millions of boating accidents nationwide. She really is that stupid. You are that stupid. Uh, yeah. Pistol braces allow people to turn pistols into short-barreled rifles. It's still the same rifle. Short it's still the same rifle. Barreled rifles have been illegal for 89 years. I can't believe there is this much stupidity in one congressperson. Oh, this so, is this this turned into a really good joke. It was a good joke, and even God, these Krasen, the Krasenstein brothers, the twins. They are completely equal in their stupidity as well. Identical twins. Okay, they're both just as dumb. And Identical I, dumbness. Identical dumbness on this. They're cut from the same cloth. Now, Community Notes actually had to put a rating on, or a, 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 a disclaimer on this, I guess. What do they call them? Context. They just added context. The claim, I lost my guns in the boating accident along with versions that state bump stocks or pistol braces has been used to poke fun at gun laws and confiscation threats. That comes from Pew Pew Tactical, man. I don't even follow these guys, but since I've looked at so many of their tweets, they show up all the time. And I don't want to mute them because they're good content for Dumb Leap of the Week. All right, let's finish up with the disgusting one. Okay. From the Texas Tribune. You know that Uvalde shooting uh, where a lot of kids got killed. Okay. The officers... Responding to the Uvalde shooting said that they were afraid to immediately engage the gunman because he was using an AR-15. A Texas Tribune investigation has revealed. This drove their decision to wait over an hour for a Border Patrol SWAT team to show up. So that is now their excuse. Wow. They are now, the officers are now going after AR-15s and they say that uh, they were too scared to go in there. It was too dangerous. For them to go in. Mm. It's never before released in never before released body camera footage and post action interviews. Officers described realizing the gunman had an AR-15 style rifle and concluding that confronting him would be too dangerous because of its firepower. Like that, like officers don't too have dangerous. AR-15s either? Too dangerous for the officers. Quote, we weren't equipped to make entry into that room without several casualties. Once we found out it was a rifle he was using, it was a different game plan we would have to come up with. 
better the children's lives yeah. <laughs> than our lives. It's disgusting to me. I don't care what happens to any of these officers. I'll just tell you that. I don't care what happens to them the rest of their lives. They should be completely disgusted in themselves. The a lot of that blood is on their hands. Whatever we'll go go back to even though some officers were armed with the same rifle, they waited for a border patrol SWAT team that had more protective armor, stronger shields, and more tactical training. Bullets from AR fifteens can penetrate standard body armor worn by police. The way he was shooting, quote, the way he was shooting, he was probably going to take all of us out. He would have killed all of you. That's from a sergeant, by yeah. the way. Quote, the police knew the monster behind the door was not the kid. It's the rifle the kid is holding. Mm -hmm. The thing was going off on its own. <laughs> and the kid was probably just trying to contain it. As it's just spraying bullets. Gone are the days of the heroic public servants who will knowingly... Now, listen, I know that they risk their lives just walking up to a car to give them a BS ticket to raise money for the state. I get it. But I'm just trying to imagine standing there listening to little children get murdered. One, two, three, four. I'm counting four AR-15s well, in that one. They all have the same rifle they've got it but their armor you see it would have been dangerous for them so they chose because it would have been dangerous for them to go in to stand there and listen to children get murdered for an hour instead of going in there and risking their lives it's disgusting like i said i know it's harsh but i don't give two shits what happens to any of those guys that stood there i cannot imagine standing there and i know we're like oh you know what would have happened charlie they would have gone in they would have, they, what's bad is they probably would have lost their job if they would have gone in there, you know, so you can't blame them. They could have got shot, but even if they didn't get shot, I mean, they would have been reprimanded maybe like a week on paid leave or something like that if they broke the rules of engagement and went in there. So you can't blame them, right? It's against the rules. They're cowards, every single one of them. I'm just saying, and that, and you know what? I'm not a cop, so it's easy for me to say, but... I just, I miss the days when uh, we had, we had these heroic people who couldn't sit there and listen to children being shot to death for an hour. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Also, you're a police officer with training. You can't take on a 17-year-old kid. Kid. Yeah. By the way. You don't think, you know, most people in a gunfight miss, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People aren't very good at shooting other people. Um, when you're, especially when bullets are coming back at you. Yeah. So could you have gotten hit? Yeah, probably. Could you have taken the guy out? Yeah, probably. Could have done that. It's just absolutely. I think they all, uh, I hope. No, I'm not going to say it. Nope. All I said was, I don't care what happens to them for the rest of their lives. I hope things happen to them and I'm not going to care. I'm not saying it. I hope things happen to them. I'm saying I don't care what happens to them. I'm saying I hope. I hope the fleas from a thousand camels infest their <laughs> armpits for the next thousand years and all their descendants will have to because have, of have corn sores on the bottom of their feet. Because of the timing, and I need to leave in 14 minutes, we're going to skip uh, the last edition, the number 10, which was a David Hogg tweet. Um, but uh, most of you have probably seen it already. Number one, get your votes in. Charlie, you put the numbers out there. I'll put the numbers out there. Number one, AOC. Uh, parental rights are fascism. Number two, um, old Dick's COVID. Uh, Dick Durbin wants everyone to know he's sick. We're still doing this. Number three was Dr. Greta, honorary in theology. For... Your, your numbers are off. What? They're already in there. Jeff, not Maurice, did it for us. That was really nice of you, Jeff, but your numbers are off. Number one is Chuck. Oh, God. It's me. Okay. Number two <clears throat> is AOC Parents Bill of Rights. Number three is old Dickie Durbin. Number four, Dr. Greta. Number five, Cali PT Worker Strike. Um, number six, our favorite Pocahontas. Yeah, Chief, yeah. Chief Warren. Or Senator Karen, whichever one you want to call her. Mm -hmm. Number seven, hockey is gay. <laughs> the slippery slope. The slippery rainbow. Gay tolerance slope. Yeah. Number eight, forced puberty. 
Um, no, 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 no. Number. Oh no! So number. Sorry, number seven included the puberty. Everything rainbow correlated. Yes. Everything two S L G B T I A plus uh, related. That should be the name. Yeah. For number seven. Well, now our numbers are off. Go I, look at the Don't Believe of the Week I, vote. I don't know what to do now. I'm. The Fed Haters Club has got me all discombobulated. Yep. Yep. Now the next one after that is everything is racist. Number and then the next one is police sue, sue Afro man. We're gonna have to redo the numbers so we can get the get the votes right or put them in there or something like that. Then we got the pistol brace. We got Ed Krasenstein not knowing the joke. And then we got Uvalde police too scared because the guy had the same gun that they had. Number, Those things. Number seven should win anyway. Number seven is the the gay <clears throat> trope slope. It's just a slippery rainbow. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all, one? get your votes in. If you need a redo on the numbers, good luck with that. And um, Nate's going to decide who wins. Okay. The voting process here. So get your votes in. Go to joingmail.com to be part of the Fed Haters Club so you can vote on Dumb Bleep of the Week. You can submit Dumb Bleeps of the Week through our Dumb Bleep of the Week channel submission thing on discord um join gmail.com go to natescrashcourse.com to learn about the market go to godhatesfeds.com to pick up the latest <clears throat> fed haters merch it's a beautiful place working on a good one right now mm-hmm. we got some other we might need to come up with some puberty hockey jerseys or something <laughs> puberty hockey jersey to sell yeah yeah i just i need we need puberty pride night okay yeah Puberty is a choice. I'm proud I went. I'm I'm proud I made that choice. Puberty is a choice. There you go. This would be a good t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so do all those things while we count up the votes. I told you. I mean, it's just going to be the slippery rainbow. Slippery rainbow, because everybody in our group hates the gays. That's super anti-gay. Obviously. Vote, uh, a voting <laughs> block that we have here. Oh, all right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, like I said, do all those things and then share the show. Make sure you smash that subscribe or follow button. And if you do all that, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty.